Hey, good morning. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name's Gary. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad you took some time out of your Sunday morning to come and hang out with us. Uh, February or March 1999, I remember it was at the beginning of the year of 1999, I got a call from my financial advisor about an investment opportunity. And he said that there was this new company that was starting up and they were going to go public. And he said all indications were that this stock was going to go through the roof. And he wanted to know if I wanted to get involved. Now, not only was this guy my financial advisor, he was a very good friend. So as such, I trusted him. But I still asked the question. I said, what do you think I should do? Like, what do you really think I should do? And he replied the way you would expect any financial advisor to respond. He said, you know what? There's no guarantees. Any investment is a risk. But I've done my research and I've checked out all the facts about this company. And I really think this is a good buy. And if it helps you at all, I'm going to buy some as well. Well, I was in. That was enough for me. Again, I trusted this guy. And so I cashed in some savings that my wife and I had. She knew what I was doing, and I bought in. Three days later, you get a call from the same guy. And he says, have you checked your stock? And I was like, no. Should I? Kind of hesitantly. And he said, dude, it's tripled in price. I was like, what? Tripled? you got to be kidding me. That's awesome. Fantastic news. And that's when he said, sell it get out. I was just kind of like, sold on the phone. Like, what? Get out? What are you talking about? I just bought in. We've tripled our money. I reminded him of the returns we were getting. I said, the sky's the limit, dude. Like, why would I sell? Like, why would I do that? And he said to me, trust me, I've seen this kind of thing before. And conventional wisdom says, sell, secure your position, and then reevaluate. What did he know? You're going the wrong way. What did he know? So I just, I hung on to my stock. And just as fast as it went up, it dropped. And it kept dropping until it was worth zero. Now, maybe you have a similar story. A time in your life where you pushed aside some words of advice from somebody close to you, a friend or a family member, you just forged ahead with your plan, your decision anyway. And in the end, it cost you. Maybe like me, it was an investment. You made an investment and you wish you hadn't. Or maybe you took a job or accepted a promotion at work, even though those closest to you, your spouse, your significant other, didn't think that was the wise thing for you to do. Or maybe it was dating the girl or dating the guy and everyone around you is saying, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get involved with them. But you pushed ahead anyway. Raises the question, why do we do that? Why is it ask, after asking family and friends, advisors, what's the wise thing to do, which is what we've been basing this whole series on, it's worth asking, why is it we often don't do the wise thing? Now, I won't speak on your behalf. Uh, we don't like to uh, assume anything about any, anyone here. But for me, 
When I'm thinking about doing something, making a decision about something, uh, like making a major purchase, maybe a car, a career decision, maybe tossing the idea around and going back to school, starting a business, whatever it is, for me, I've already made up my mind what I'm going to do. And when I go and ask people what they think, you know, like, what do you think of this idea? What I'm really looking for is agreement. I want affirmation. I want them to give me the two thumbs up, the green light to say, man, that's a great idea. You should go ahead with that. And when they do, it's, it's easy to follow that advice. But the flip side of that is when they say, I don't know. I don't know if that's the best thing for you to do. Or, man, if it was me, I, I've seen that before. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that if I was you. When that happens, I find it really easy to, to, to dismiss all those words of wisdom and not do what they're suggesting. Even though I know down here, or even up here, that what they're saying, that, that advice, that wisdom they're giving me is the best course of action. I mean, just think back for a moment to a time in your life where you made a decision, where you sought the guidance of family or friends, someone that's really close to you, someone that you, you look up to maybe, and you went against what they suggested. And in the end, things didn't go well. During my 13th summer on this planet, I met a couple of guys, twin brothers actually, uh, who lived just up the street, about two blocks up the street from where my buddies and I lived. My buddies and I, we all lived beside each other or across the street from one another. But these two guys were a few blocks up the street. They went to the same school, were in the same grade. But we just never really hung around them at school. I mean, they just had their group they hung with. We had our group. But for some reason, this summer, we started hanging around them. And one, one afternoon, one summer afternoon, we're hanging around in my backyard, just kind of doing what kids do in summer, just nothing really. And my mom came home from work. And as she walked past us, she stopped and asked us what we'd been up to. And then she introduced herself to my, our two newfound friends. A couple hours later, I found myself at the dinner table getting grilled by my mom. And she's like, son, I can't put my finger on it. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about those boys. And I don't want you hanging around them. And I'm like, really? Mom, you don't even know them. Like, why would you even say that? Which in my head, this is what I was saying. What do you know? You don't know anything. You're just out to wreck my fun. And so I blew off her advice. Fast forward two days. Me and my buddies are having a sleepover in my backyard, sans the two new friends that we had met because I wasn't allowed to see them. Uh, and we're laying in, in this tent. We had this green belt behind our house. It was, and we'd set up these tents, and it was just like you're out in the middle of nowhere camping. And we're, just, we're in this big tent. We're just hanging out chatting, you know, stories back and forth. And we heard this rustling outside the tent. We're like, who goes there? And it was our, those, these two guys. They knew we were sleeping in the tent, so they thought they'd come down. Not wanting my mom to know that they're there, I just grabbed them and threw them inside the tent. We zipped it up. And, and then we just did nothing but sat around and talked. We just kept talking, swapping stories. And then, as we're laying there laughing, joking around, one of the new guys said, Hey, you know what we should do? Tomorrow, we should hop on our 10-speed bikes, 
and go on a bike hike, like this epic adventure. And we're all like, that sounds awesome. And so we began to plan. All these 13-year-old brains just went into action. Okay, what do we need? First thing we, like, where are we going to go? So that's the first thing we figured out, you know, like, how far do we want to ride? And then, you know, being young boys, it's like, we need to eat. We need food. And so we thought, well, that's an easy one to fix. We'll just raid our respective cupboards and fridges at home and bring some food. But then we started talking about things like, well, what if we get a flat tire? Like, does anyone have any tubes or a patch kit or wrenches to take the tire off or anything like that? And we're thinking, oh, I don't have any of that. And so we're thinking, well, what do we do? And that's when one of the new guys suggested that in the morning we just head to the local mall and pick up what we need. And we're thinking, great idea. You know, we'll meet at the bus stop in the morning and off we go. And so we went to bed right away because we wanted tomorrow to come faster. And next morning, we found ourselves in the sporting goods section of this department store at the local mall. And we're standing there and we're looking at different patch kits and wrenches and tubes. And a thought occurred to me. How are we going to pay for this stuff? I was 13. I didn't have a job. I had no money. I thought it was my friends would probably be the same story. But I posed, so I posed the question to the group. I said, hey, guys, how are we going to pay for this stuff? And that's when one of the twin brothers said, who needs money? And he grabbed a patch kit and he threw it in his jacket. And I stood there and I went, I don't know if we should be doing that. But I, do, I wasn't sure what to do. So I looked to my buddies and apparently they had no idea either. They just kind of shrugged their shoulders and went, I don't know. And they grabbed stuff and threw it in their coat. So not wanting to stand out or be picked on, you know, be part of the group. I grabbed some, started filling my pockets. And we all headed out of the store and we unloaded all our stuff and we stashed it in this, this hedge that was outside the, this, this department store. And I thought, oh man, I can't believe we got away with that. And then the guy said, let's go back in. Let's get some more. And so we went back in. We did this like two or three times. We went in and it didn't matter what we were taking. We just grabbed stuff. And we just fill up our coats and our pockets full. Back and forth, back and forth. And then it happened. Unbeknownst to us, someone had spotted us and they knew what we were up to and they were keeping an eye on us and they had phoned the cops. And we're heading out and we've, we're full of this loot and we're going out to hide some more when the cops just came swooping in out of nowhere. Cop cars everywhere and they arrested us. And I remember as I was being driven home in the back of a police car, the words from my mom. There's something about those boys. I don't want you hanging around them. It's eerily familiar. Uh, it kind of tracks along this story uh, outlined in the story from the Bible in this book called Proverbs. And we've, we've had some reference to that through this series by Peter and Lauren and, and last week, Eric. And didn't they do an awesome job? It was great having them up here. So, yeah, big hand for them. It was great. Listen to this story. <laughs> this, this just, it says, pay at close attention, friend, to what your father tells you. Never forget what you learned at your mother's knee. Wear their counsel, their advice, their wisdom, like flowers in your hair and like rings on your fingers. Dear friend, if bad company tempts you, 
don't go along with them. That line particularly stuck out for me. If they say, let's go out and raise some hell, let's beat up some old man, mug some old woman, let's pick them clean and get them ready for their funerals. We'll load up on top quality loot. We'll hand it, haul it home by the truckload. Join us for the time of your life. With us, it's share and share alike. Oh, friend, don't give them a second look. Don't listen to them for a minute. They're racing to a very bad end, hurrying to ruin everything they lay their hands on. How I wish I had listened to my mom. What's the wise thing for me to do? The key word there is do. Wikipedia defines wisdom this way. It's the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. You could put it this way. Wisdom is applying, putting into action, the lessons learned through our own experiences and the experiences of others. I love American writer Alfred Scheinwald, he, he once wrote this, Learn all you can from the mistakes of others. You won't have time to make them all yourself. Great wisdom. And again, we hear words like that, but more often than not, we, found ourselves, we find ourselves ignoring, you know, rejecting or disagreeing with words like that. Disagreeing with people who are really just trying to help us avoid making decisions that they, through their own experience or the experiences of others, and their own knowledge, no, will cause us harm. That's all they're trying to do. I found it really interesting. The six, six times in the first four chapters of this book of Proverbs, where we just read that story, we were reminded six times to listen and learn from what wisdom has to say. And I don't know why that is, but could it be because our tendency is to believe we know what's best? What's the wise thing to do? It brings us back to the question, why don't we? Why don't we heed the warnings, the words of advice, the pearls of wisdom that others share with us and actually do the wise thing? You know, it's a question I, I kind of rolled around a lot this past week. And I think it comes down to one, one word, one thing. Trust. Trust. Do you or do I trust the person who is sharing or offering the wisdom we asked for? Do we truly believe that they have our best interest in mind? Or do we see them as, as closed, narrow-minded rule heads out to make our lives boring? That's how I saw my mom. And here's the thing. Often the way we view people like that in our lives is true when it comes to God. You know, do you trust that God has your best interest in mind? That he wants what's best for you? The Bible, which is God's word to us and for us, is full of wisdom that when, when applied can help us make 
decisions that will keep us from causing harm to ourselves or to others. But often we just, we just ignore that wisdom. And I think it's because we don't trust God. Because we often have a view of God that is misplaced. And here's what I mean by that. Author, pastor, and recovering alcoholic, Brennan Manning, we refer to him a lot around here. He once said this, In the beginning, God created man in his own image. And man returned the compliment. And what he was saying there is, we make God in our image by viewing him through a lens, the same lens that we see those who have influenced our lives the most, positively or negatively, uh, people like parents, teachers, pastors, sponsors, counselors. And if we see those people as narrow-minded, fun-sucking rule heads just out to make our life boring, it's not much of a stretch to project that onto God and think he's much the same way. He's out to do nothing but drain the fun out of life. And do it by giving us a bunch of rules. A bunch of do's and don'ts and thou shalt's and thou shalt not's. But is that true? Is that what God is like? Is God really out to drain the fun, the enjoyment out of life? You know, was my mom out to drain my fun out of my summer? I sure thought so at the time. Here's another way to look at it. When you share, when you're asked to share advice, if a friend comes to you and says, hey, I need help with this decision, I'm, I'm really interested in what you think. When you share that with them, are you out to make their life miserable? Or are you looking out for them? If we want to know what God is like, we only need to look to Jesus, who is the one true perfect reflection, the complete image of God. Uh, Paul, uh, one of the earliest church planters who wrote what is now almost half of what is now known as the New Testament, uh, wrote a letter to some first century Christians who were kind of struggling with what God was like. And so he wrote these words to remind them. He said, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Which is his way of saying, if you want to know what God is like, just look to Jesus. Because it's there that you'll be able to see God and what he's like, what his character is. And he would say, and because, and, don't, and it, Paul would really kind of hound on, he would say, and don't miss this, because Jesus is God in human form. And that's what the Christmas story is all about that we're going to be celebrating in just a few weeks. It's God stepping into this world as a man and living among us to show us how to live life better. And through Jesus, we're able to see a God who isn't narrow-minded. He's not legalistic. He's not fun-sucking. But he's a God who cares, is full of compassion, forgiveness. A God who, compelled out of nothing but love for you, thought you up, dreamt you up, and brought you into existence. And because he created you, he knows you better than you know yourself, better than I know myself. And he only wants what's best for you, and for me. Now, I don't know where you find yourself with all of that this morning. Maybe you're here and you're still trying to identify your higher power. And you're not sure how this God Jesus thing all fits together. And you know what? That's fine. Just keep coming back. 
Because this, this whole journey with God is that. It's a journey. We take it day by day, step by step, and we do it together. Helping one another. Sharing wisdom, knowledge, and experience to say, hey, this might be a better way to do it. But wherever you find yourself this morning here, we, our hope is that you would not only get to the place where you can ask that question, what's the wise thing for me to do? In light of this, what is the wise thing for me to do? But that you would also have the courage to actually do the wise thing. Knowing that God is not only with you, but he's for you. And he can be trusted. And we're going to be talking more about that in our new series starting up next week called Light. Uh, we really hope you'll come, bring a friend. It's going to be a great time. Uh, but I invite you to pray with me. God, sometimes we, you know, we face decisions that we just don't know what to do. And so we start to reach out to those closest to us, our friends, our family, uh, and hopefully you, and, and, and to say, what do I do in this situation? Sometimes the answer is crystal clear, sometimes it's not. But oftentimes it comes down to uh, us being willing to, to listen to that wisdom and maybe put that into action instead of just ignoring it because it's not the thing we want to do. We want to do something else. And so give us the courage to begin to trust you just, just that little bit more so you can prove yourself to us that your love for us, which is demonstrated so beautifully when you gave yourself for each one of us. We thank you for that gift, and we pray this in your name. Amen.